open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Mugwon Tower, Mugwon Tower, this is Albatross 13, requesting permission to land. Over. I don't need a computer to tell me how to land a damn airplane. Six. Heads up display, check. Five. Lasers, check. Four. Particle beam, check. Three. Photon bolts, check. Two. Chair control, check. One. Let's do it. Broadcasting from a secret underground location somewhere in Moss Eisley, this is the Docking Bay 77 Podcast. Make yourself comfortable. The show is about to start. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to 11. 11, exactly. Hey, Ernie, roll tape on this. You got it, though. Hello and welcome to Docking Base 77 Podcast. I am your host, Dayton Johnson, and uh, we're doing a special episode. Uh, welcome to a quick review of the brand new album from Metallica. Uh, they just released 72 Seasons on Friday, April 14th. I've been excited for this new album for a while. Uh, they did listening parties both at independent record stores and also at select movie theaters. Uh, to help build anticipation, they also released four singles, which I was super excited to hear get ready, souped up and ready for the new release. So I thought it'd be fun to uh, spend some quality time listening to the record and express my thoughts. Uh, my very good friend and artist, John Wright, has joined me, and we're going to let you know what we think about this new release. How's it going, John? It's going well, man. It's going well. Let's uh, enlighten the people as to what we think about this. So uh, you have any opening thoughts before we get into uh, specifics? Opening thoughts. I've been on a couple chats about this album since I got it um, Friday morning. Listened to it probably three or four times all the way through. And I will say that is the most I have listened to Metallica CD in a very, very long time. Okay. Um, I, I have not been particularly thrilled with a lot of their out, output as of late. Um, that being said, this is a pretty damn good album. Um, sure. You know, I, but we can expand on that in a couple of minutes. But overall, overall, I was, I was, it's not quite what I was hoping for. Yeah. But it definitely meets my expectations. Okay. All right. That's cool. Yeah. See, I was, um, I own all their studio albums with the exception of Load and Reload. I'll never go down that road. And I have a, I have a copy of St. Anger. So I don't have an actual original version. I have a copy of St. Anger. But, uh, I can I like I loved Hardwired. Uh, I thought Hardwired was a great record. So building on that, I was hoping this album would continue what they did right on that one, and I think they did. I I like this album quite a bit. There are um, only a couple of songs that I think will have to take time to grow on me. Uh, there are a lot of very very good riffs, very good songwriting, and there's some really really great lyrics. Uh, you can tell that James really got personal with his lyrics this time, and I think he was very successful in conveying uh, emotions and what he's been going through uh, during his rehab. So overall, the album, I think, flows really well. 
Um, it's a definitely uh, has a strong opening. The first three songs are really solid. And uh, I'm not a big fan of how the record ends. I think they kind of picked the wrong song to end on, but you know, that's okay. Maybe they just needed to uh, swap out a few. So um, anyway, what we're going to do is I've picked uh, about three songs. I specifically want to mention, and uh, John's going to, we're going to go back and forth and kind of share our thoughts. Uh, My first song shadows follow. Uh, The main riff is really, really cool. I love the chorus. It works well. Yeah. Uh, I like how the chorus also kind of builds the tempo change bridge is really cool uh, with its guitar harmonies. And it leads really, really well into uh, Kirk's solo. I will say that the downside to this album for me are the first three songs. And it's not that they're bad songs. They're actually really good songs. It's just they're very, very similar very similar when you sit down and like analyze them one thing i i feel like they've they've become guilty of and they're not the only band to do this so i'm not ragging on metallica is there is a lot of what i call quote-unquote recycled riffs um a lot of this feels like it came out music wise feels like it came out of a hardwired writing sessions okay lyric wise lyric wise not so much now that being said that's that's kind of their mo you know their first three albums they released when they were starting out pretty much format wise right. structure wise were all the same so that's how they do you know i do like shadows shadows fall was a great surprise for me because having heard the first four singles and kind of getting a little burnt out on the first four singles because you if I put random on my Amazon or Spotify, <laughs> those things came up. I could not escape them. And and they're not bad. I just got burned out on them. So this one was a nice, this one was a nice, um, nice change of pace. Um, yeah. It is a good song. There's some definite Thin Lizzy influences I found throughout this album with solos and stuff, especially the okay. harmony solos. All right. I hear that. Um, and there's some definite Motorhead influences as well. Yeah, um, there always has been, but as they've changed styles and changed sounds, it's becoming a little bit more, in my opinion. They're they are they are a, they are a, they're a metal band. There's and there's nothing wrong with what they do, but to label this album as thrash and or prog, I think you're going down the wrong street. I've heard a lot of people call it a prog album. It's not. No, I think it's just a, I think it's just another metal album that you know it's just another step in their evolution. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand a prog uh, that I don't get that. I, don't I get think the all. reason they call it prog is because there's so many time changes on it within the songs, but that's all it is. It's time changes. It's yeah. not like, it's not like a style change in the middle of a song or it's not like a different riff. They just slow it down or speed it up. Yeah. I mean, they've um, always had tempo changes, so I don't, I don't kind of, I don't there are, but there that. are a lot of, in, in these yeah, songs. that's true. That is true. Um, there are, you know, um, and that, I think my only, my only other real dig against the album is I still am not a fan of Lars's bass drum sound. It really? Still so- it sounds, <laughs> it's better than it has. I need more oomph to it. For okay. Myself. All right. But, more um, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Um, they got at least it's not, at least it's not the, sn- the snare from St. Anger. It, it's not the racquetball. No, it's <laughs> right? not the racquetball. They got rid of the compression on this album, which is a very nice thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, sonically, this is probably the strongest album they've put out since the Black Album. Okay. Just, just sound wise. Um, okay. You know, lyric wise, music wise, that's another debate. But you know. All yeah. right. All right. Cool. 
I really dig You Must Burn. Okay. All right. That one, that one, if you're a fan of the Black album, this is sad but true. This is this album sad but true. All right. I feel it, that. It, it, it's got a real, it's got that boom, boom, boom. It's got that rhythm right. throughout the entire song. It's a slow, sludgy, drudging song. And there's all, again, there's all sound negative and it's not. Um, but yeah, this one, this one was a nice surprise. I was like, when I was listening to it yesterday, I was going for a walk and I'm like, I'm, I'm listening to it and I'm like, is this, you know, and I'm like, this is sad, but true. And that was one of my favorite songs from the black owl. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's probably why this one, you know, that in the lyrics, you know, it's, I, I read an interview or I read another review by somebody and they're like, you know, James is talking about burning witches. I'm like, I, I've never seen anybody take liter- lyrics so literal in my life. You know, no. it, it, this is this is a song about being rejected by society or being rejected by a peer group or being rejected by, quote unquote, friends. Yeah, and that that resonates with me. It, yeah. It oh, yeah. Like that's always going to resonate. Yeah, he um, I know he spent a lot of time. He spent a lot of time with his rehabilitation and his therapy and looking inward and put a lot of that into his lyrics on this record for sure. Mm-hmm. I was to say Hardwired had a lot of other stuff in it, um, you know, kind of subjective lyrical content where you can kind of make up what you'd want from it. This one, I think you can really hear what he's talking about and his feelings and his, his emotions instead of the, the fantastical stuff, which I think Hardwired had a lot of, as opposed, I mean, their early albums did too. He would tap into mm-hmm. some of his uh, feelings and, but this is very, uh, very personal as far as lyrics are concerned. So I don't, I don't think he's going to burn witches. So I don't understand yeah, why that person over, got that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, overall, overall his lyrics are really good in this album. Yeah. There are some deliveries of the lyrics that I'm like, probably not the best way out They're probably not how I would have done it. Gotcha. Um, he repeat, he repeats some certain lines in songs and, um, and it just seems kind of like this was done just to make it fit. And I'm like, there's probably a better way to do it, but it doesn't. So, I mean, and that's, that's listening to it with a critical ear. You know, most people probably aren't going to listen to it with that critical of an ear, especially right okay. off the bat. Okay. So, so I definitely wanted to mention, uh, chasing light. That was one that really kind of caught me off guard and was in a good way. The, the main riff is just awesome. I think. The tempo changes throughout the song are very well placed. No one section uh, goes on too long. You know, I think they know just when to end it and move on to the next section. It has a nice groove to it when it's not really up tempo. And I noticed throughout this album that when it wasn't up tempo, it had a groove. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think back when they did the black album, they even said you know, we're going to do something simpler with a groove to it. And I feel that this album does that groove way better than they did on the black album. So I'm glad they kind of learned from that. The, I honestly, I think this song has Kirk's best solo in it. And I did notice throughout the record and most of the tracks, they made a section for Kirk's solo most of the time it wasn't just like they just finished a course and he went right into it. They would create a section where there might be a bridge or just a change in tempo, change in something. And they would let him go and then they would go back to the original thing. So I thought that was kind of nice that you could hear a, a, for most, not every song, but most of the tracks have a definite section for his solo. So I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I, I, I like this one too. The one I was going to mention and kind of jumped ahead of me on that is I was going to mention the track before it, Crown of Barbed Wire. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah I like that one. Yeah, it's it's different. It's it's not quite what I've ex- what I expected out of them this time around. I don't know, lyric wise, it's really strong. Yeah. Really strong lyrics. And that was my other that was my second standout track. And now okay. the one you mentioned, you know. Chasing light, chasing light was good, and I was looking at the lyrics, listening to the lyrics and stuff of that. You know, when we recorded um, the anthems episode a couple weeks ago, that's right. going to drop soon. Um, one of my anthems, I, I had Inner Sandman originally picked as an anthem, and I changed it during the course of the recording. And you'll have to listen to find out what I changed <laughs> it to. And it's not a slam against Inner Sandman. It's just you know. I got to thinking about it and doing research on that song. I learned that James had an entirely different set of lyrics to Inner Sandman when they demoed it first. And it was about the destruction of a family. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I was getting out of, you know, yeah. Chasing light where he's like, you know, he keeps referring that he's just a boy and, you know, destruction of the family and stuff like that. So I can see that theme continuing on. And James, if you know anything about his upbringing and stuff, he had a pretty messed up upbringing. Yeah, it, to say the least, you know, um, so much so. I mean, there are Christian scientists where he, you know, wasn't even allowed to take aspirin. I know his his mom uh, died of cancer, and she wouldn't even go to the doctor and right. take, didn't do treatments. And so, yeah, it was, yeah, for sure, it was. But yeah, if you really want to get a good history on the band, there's a book out there called Internight, and it's a fantastic read uh, and a lot of good information in there. And so it, it, they, the writer doesn't spend the whole time kissing their ass. He actually is quite honest about a lot of things. So that's kind of a nice, mm-hmm. nice uh, turn. So, but yeah. Anyway, another one I really liked that I almost kind of wish was one of the, they moved it down a little lower to make it one of the end songs is Room of Mirrors. Hmm. This one, I love how it opens in less than 40 seconds. And you've already had a nice little preview of the rest of the song. Like they hit multiple riffs already and giving you a nice sample the over the main riff is super solid yeah this this is quickly becoming one of my favorites on the record as a cool pre-chorus and a very very cool chorus it's a total jam all the way through it's five minutes and 33 seconds it's just a great song all the way through and it just has that it's it has that old metallica feeling at the same time being current so i think that's why i really really like that song yeah that's a, that's a pretty fair assessment of that song and again that's another one that having not heard it before getting to listen to this it's it, it's definitely a, a really good song i i like it quite a bit and then i know i kind of ragged on the singles that they <laughs> they issued but my one of my other picks was i i'm really digging if darkness had a son yes it's a yeah it's a great song i I actually liked all the singles. I just didn't want to talk about them for the most part, just because I, you know, you're right. They were on the Spotify playlist. I actually put them on my playlist just so I could hear them pretty frequently before the record came out. So yeah, yeah when they, when I went to the album, I was like, oh yes. Okay. I'm familiar with this one. I'll listen to it, but I really looking forward to the next track, but yeah, this, so Darkness Set of Sun is a strong song. Yeah. I have not skipped anything on this album during the listen, the, the, you know, listen through to get ready for our little talk here tonight. This is the one that I constantly pay attention to of the four that were released. This is, in my opinion, this is, I, I really like Lux Eterna, but I'm, right. I'm 
fried out on it because I've heard it so much. Well, it was the first one. Yeah. (laughs) This is the one like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is, this is a good single. This is a good, this is a really good solid track. Um, And that would, that would probably be my, my third. Okay. All right. That's cool. All right. Any final thoughts? Uh, Anything you want to mention before we uh, go ahead and give it a rating? Uh, I thought it was interesting I, when I was reading about what was coming out on the album. They're like, Metallica's got an 11 minute song. In the back of my mind, I'm like, going, Good God, Lars is going to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, I mean, again, no offense. I, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast. The dude looks like he is in so much pain when he drums anymore. Yeah. And I know that's just him. I'm hoping that's just him getting into it. I'm hoping it's not a, a physical ailment or anything like that. But this 11 minute song is not quite what I expected. It's um yeah. titled Immortia. Yeah, I, I um, wasn't trying to say it. it yeah, the, it, I will say one thing. The chorus kind of reminds me of My Friend of Misery. Yeah, yeah. So and th- this is the song where, especially on the, the solos towards the end of the song, um, have a very, very heavy Thin Lizzy yeah. vibe to them. There's a Thin Lizzy song I hear at work constantly. And I can't think of what it is, but I'm I'm walking yesterday and I'm hearing this. And I'm like, damn, Kurt just ripped off Thin Lizzy hard. Well, you know, you know what? He's been known to do somebody that. off. You might as well rip off Thin Lizzy. So well, they ripped off they ripped off David Bowie and Master of Puppets. They've ripped off people right and left. It's it's a common practice, right? Um, right. But this one for an 11 minute song, and it's a slow 11 minutes. Yes, song. it is. It's it's um, one of the, it's one of the two songs on here that I'm needing time to let marinate a little bit more. That kind of surprises me because usually go usually I, go. I for love the long. The long yeah, I do very much. This one, you know, I don't hate it. There's nothing about it. That I'm like going, nah, I don't like this. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a sense of what they were going for. I think in this one, I, and, I will agree with you earlier that this is not the best song to end the album. No, not it even. Stops. It stops and you're like, that's it. Yeah. Well, it, and it's just, a, it's a very long end song, which sometimes works. Mm-hmm. I think the two songs prior to this would have been a better choice. You know, you I maybe, just, yeah, just flip the rotation on yeah. a couple of these and you'd yeah. be fine. Yeah. So yeah, this one, yeah, I'm usually a big fan of the long ones and this one I'm kind of like, um, I don't love it. I don't hate it. Like I'm I, being gone through this a couple of times. I'm not like, no, 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 no. I'm like, um, I'm going to let this marinate a little longer before I decide yeah, and, what I truly, truly feel about it. This is definitely a solid, solid album for me. Like I said before, they took what worked on hardwired and improved on it. I think the, the, a big leap comes from the personal lyrics that James brought to this album. I think it makes it better. There are no songs in here. I hate, like I said, the, the last one in more, I don't even know how to say it, but <laughs> that one, it was pronounced Immortia. That, was, that sounds right. That one is going to take some time. All right. So we're going to go ahead and give it a rating. Uh, our options are never again, stream it, buy it used, buy it new or vinyl worthy. I'm going to say if you're cautious giving their last two outings, stream it, but it is worthy, in my opinion, of a new purchase. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's not perfect, but it's really, really good. Uh, I say buy it new. Yeah. Because it's it's one of their better efforts. I mean, like I like I said, I liked Hardwired a lot. I'm one of the few people that did like Death Magnetic, but this one is is better than that. They like I kind of feel like their last if you look at the last four records with St. Anger, Death Magnetic, Hardwired, and this one, 
there's a definite progression in quality for sure. Yeah. So, and that's a good yeah. thing. That's all you can ask of people is to just show improvement. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard it referred to that they're essentially becoming the new ACDC where you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And uh, to a certain, to a certain degree, that's true. But I thought, I this, thought that was Nickelback that was just doing the same album over and over again. Probably too, but I don't listen to Nickelback. <laughs> um, but, but I will say, you know, for doing the same thing, quote unquote, over and over again, this is the best version of that thing that they've had so far. Yeah. I mean, side by side, this does not sound like Death Magnetic. You know what I mean? It definitely no, doesn't sound like Saint Anger, but there, like I said, there's a, uh, there's a progression with yeah, the song it definitely, So it, it definitely, you can tell it's, you know, it's, I think that's my one drawback is it's linked a little bit too closely to hardwired hardwired mm. um there's not enough of a separation and there's probably never going to be i mean i i read somewhere the other day where lars says he sees the band continuing for about 10 more years and and that's it that's his hopes Wait. to go 10 more years well you figure there's only going to be maybe two more albums in those 10 years because there's going to be one let's be honest yeah they're, they're going to tour they're for five gonna, years <laughs> they're not going to get two albums out the, the, no. this band does not put albums out that quickly no they don't you're right you're right not anymore so all right cool Thank you, John, for joining me for this quick review. Sure, no problem. And uh, so let us know if you like the quick review um, instead of going back and doing old ones. If you'd like to hear some new reviews for new albums, let us know on social media. We are on Twitter at DockingBase77Pod, on Facebook at DockingBase77Podcast. Send us an email at DockingBase77Podcast at gmail.com. Do yourself a favor, listen to more music, and remember, physical media is better than streaming. The Ducky Bay 77 podcast is produced and edited by Dayton Johnson, recorded with Rode Pod mics, the Zoom Pod Track P4, and edited on Audacity. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. You can find him on YouTube and Bandcamp. Thank you for listening.